welcome to another episode of Growth Marketers Podcast. I am Solomon Timothy. And I am Taylor Rowe. Today's episode is a little bit longer than our typical episode, but I think it was a good one. This was our second annual edition of our marketing predictions. So last year, around this time, we did 20 marketing predictions for 2020. And so in the beginning of this episode, we actually reviewed uh, just a handful, not all 20 of those predictions. I mean, actually did a little bit of research just to see if we were accurate or not, or if our predictions came true in 2020. Uh, still about a month left, so maybe they'll still come true. But some of them were right, some of them were wrong. Um, and then what we did is is moved into our 2021 predictions. So I think we're on the right path. And if you're a, a digital marketer or a marketer or you know just a, a business leader that's looking at what's coming next, what's coming up, you know, in terms of marketing or trends in marketing, I think you'll enjoy this episode and uh, hopefully, uh, you know, like, give us a like, subscribe to the podcast, share it with a friend or uh, send us a comment on uh, what your predictions would be for marketing in 2021. All right, Taylor, we're back in the studio. We are. One more time. And this episode is all about predictions. We Mm -hmm. did one probably exactly a year ago. We predicted marketing 20 marketing predictions for 2020. We did, yeah. And we're going to look at that, and we're also going to make a few for 2021. All right, let's do uh, it. Do you want to kickstart by going over what we predicted? Yeah. And see if any of Yeah, those... I think uh, 2020 was, uh, I don't think anyone could have predicted what happened in 2020 or what's still happening. But I think it was last November or December when we came out with the episode of, like you mentioned, 20 predictions or 20 marketing predictions for 2020. So I actually went through and pulled out some of our predictions, um, not all 20, just wanted to kind of review some of them, looked up some stats and some numbers to see how close we were, if we were on the right track, if we were totally off base with our prediction. No, I I think we had some good predictions last year. So if you haven't listened to that episode and you're listening to this one, you can go back and listen. It'd be kind of funny to to see, you know, do this every year and see how on point or or off base we are with some of these predictions. But I think some of them, maybe we uh, were over ambitious with how much yeah. advancement was going to happen in one year, especially a year like this. But yeah, let's dive into them. So I think I pulled three or four. Again, we made 20 predictions. So we had 10 mm-hmm. each. And I think I pulled three or four from each of us. So we'll start with some of my predictions. So I'd love to get your thoughts on them as well. And then we'll look at the stats and kind of dive into that. So the first prediction that I have here is that voice search will be a brand's top priority. Uh, SEO priority. So do you feel like, I know we do a lot of SEO for our clients. You work with a lot of other partners and companies that are within their SEO department. So do you feel like voice search is has been prioritized or is the number one priority? It is definitely a higher priority than it's ever been. I think those little, even Apple came up with the HomePod mini, I guess it's called yeah. the tiny $99 product. And everything is around Siri at this point. So if you're an Apple user or if you're a Google Home user or if you're an Alexa, I got yeah. all three. You got all so them. you can imagine that. So FBI is in your house. <laughs> and today, to be honest, if you wanted to respond to something on the phone, you don't even need anything. You could just tell your yeah. AirPods. So I don't think voice is going away. Has yeah. it been number one? Maybe marketers are behind. <laughs> yeah. But for the manufacturers, it has been the number one driver for their innovation, in my I opinion. Agree. I agree. It's very interesting. Even the, you know, I have the new iOS update and I don't even know if this was an app before, but now it's like front and center, the translate app. And I noticed that and I was messing around with it the other day. 
it's just a matter of time before you just have your AirPods in and you have a conversation with someone else in a different language and just the translation is happening in, in real time. Thank God um, for AI. It's it's crazy. But not it's not so much about voice search, but it's the same idea. Like you said, the voice recognition software, yep. the AI is certainly from a development, from an engineering perspective, it is a number one priority. So is it an SEO's number one priority? I would say no. But I have some stats here that, that we've done some research and our team's pulled up some numbers for us that actually, if it's not a top priority, it should be as a marketer. And so I want to walk through some of these stats. So 31% of smartphone users use voice search at least once a week. And so when you say 31% of smartphone users, everyone pretty much has a smartphone, I would imagine. So it's pretty much 31% of people use wow. voice search at least once a week, which I thought was interesting. 55% of teenagers use voice search every day. Yeah, that's every day. So when we talk about trends and, you know, consumer purchases, I mean, that is, you know, the next generation, right? So whether it's happening now, or, you know, we always talk about thinking long term, five years, 10 years, if you put yourself in that position to influence that market, you're going to be in a much, much, much better position when that time does come where you can, you know, monetize on that couple of different independent studies that we looked at actually predicted that voice search will make up 50% of searches by the end of 2021. So I said it would be the number one priority by 2020, maybe end of 2021. 50% of all searches wow. being voice search is, it should be your number one priority, right? There's not 50% of searches that even happen on you know a single platform, right? When we look at all the different search engines between Google and YouTube and Bing and all these sorts of things, the fact that there's consistently 50% of searches happening in one manner or one capacity, right. it certainly raises some flags or piques my interest. Now, I think the reason that it's not such a high priority from an SEO perspective is it's a little bit intangible at this point, and it's hard to kind of measure and track, right? Because the way that those, like you mentioned Siri and Alexa, you're not getting website traffic for those searches. You can't buy ads for those searches. Right. You don't know so analytics. you can't necessarily influence. You can influence if you show up, but you know, you're not really getting credit for it, right? And you can't pay to show up. It's not resulting in a lot of purchases. There's a lot of QA, right? So some of those same articles that we're looking at, majority of the searches are around the weather and those type of, you know, I would say uh, just kind of quick answer type questions. People want to know what the weather is going to be like, or what's a recipe or this or that. So you're not really buying anything. But again, we always want to follow consumer behavior, especially when we talk about in B2B marketing, it's going to follow, right? We're, we're selling, not necessarily B2B, B2C, we're selling to a human, right? So however, whatever the trends are from a consumer perspective, we want to follow those and see how that influences our marketing. And it's certainly a trend that can't be ignored in terms of how we're searching and voice search being a, a huge piece of that. So a couple of other interesting keywords, and these are things that I do think are directly applicable to an SEO strategy, especially in the B2B world. We always talk about keyword selection when it comes to SEO and how you should develop a keyword strategy. So these two stats I thought were extremely interesting. 20% of voice queries include at least 25 different keywords. Wow. And the average length of voice search is 29 words. So... Long the way tail. people are searching is extremely long tail. And so if you're an SEO, like how would you take that? And maybe I'm not optimizing for voice search quite yet, but as a marker, what type of content would you create with that in mind that people are searching, you know, the average length of a search is 29 words. I mean, it would have to be extremely uh, 
you know, long tail content, I'll create questions that people are asking. And as long as, you know what I'm saying, whatever the length is and talk about all of the variations in my one piece of content so that I can show up for that one question, even if it's asked with 29 words in it. Right. Google doesn't need 29 words, but they're adding a lot of words that they don't need. And I want to make sure I show up. Right. Yeah, I agree with that. I think there has already been a trend in SEO for longer form content. And I think the initial push was, hey, if there's two pieces of content and all else is equal, but mine has a thousand words and yours is 500, mine's going to outrank yours. And then that went to 2,000, 3,000, 5,000. And now it's less about, I don't need to just hit 5,000 words. I need to hit I need to create a comprehensive guide around this topic so that I hit every single angle. And this is the one piece of content that answers all of the person's questions, right? So especially with voice search, that's how you're asking. You're literally asking questions. Search engines, you are asking a question most of the time, but you're searching for an answer. People understand when you're searching on Google or Bing or YouTube, they type in keywords, right? So they're already kind of shortening it. It seems like the trend with voice search is they're literally asking the entire question <laughs> and, you know, they might, Google might even, or you know, Siri or whatever might even pick up extra words that they're asking. So it's something that I think the way people are accustomed to search is going to translate into That's a good SEO one. as well. So one other stat on voice search and love to get your thoughts on this. We always talk about Google as the, the reigning king of, of search. And, and we all know that the majority of searches are on Google. If you talk to anybody in the SEO space, digital marketing space, their focus is on Google. Nobody talks about how to rank in, in Bing or, you know, whatever, Yahoo, right? That's not the, the goal. Yeah. So it's interesting. You mentioned, so I'd love to get your take. You mentioned you have Alexa and you have Google Home and you have all those things. So right now, Alexa actually uses Bing and Siri uses Google. There's a lawsuit that we know going on yeah. right now. We won't get into that. But basically, Google paid Apple a lot of money to keep that dominant position or to use Google as a search engine on Siri. But Alexa actually uses Bing. Obviously, Microsoft products are going to continue to use Bing. So do you see voice search because of the trend on voice search? We could look at another prediction. Do we see that influencing the landscape of search engines in general? I mean, to be honest, though, the accuracy of the data is is on Google today, right? Sure. So I don't know how many people are submitting their data to Bing search engine as they are with Google and Google search console and everything else and the sitemap and right. who's looking at anything else. Again, if you look at the mass majority of people that are doing it, I'd say a small segment of the people might be worried about other search engines because the massive amount of traffic they get is all Google. Yep. Every time I want to search something, I use the Google home device. Dude, yep. if I want to listen to song, Alexa is the thing that I would use or the, the Apple mm-hmm. if I want Siri. So the reason we have all of these things is they're, they're gadgets at the end of the day. Yeah. But I think the thing that really, you know, I'm hearing this in my house. Hey, Google, tell me the news. If mm-hmm. we had a device here, it would be going off right now. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it would go through every news channel yeah. and tell you everything that we need to hear. And that's like real time news. I mean, right. it'll tell you right now what's going on. I don't know what Alexa is going to do when I ask that yeah. question. So that's <laughs> I the, just know that yeah. this is the thing that we do. That's the interesting piece to me is like, it's, it's obviously all about the race to monetize yes. this, right? So like, how are they going to monetize it? They're going to be paid, you know, this answer is brought to you by Probably. T-Mobile, right? It is has it? to be. At this point, it will be. The other thing is how people are using it. So right now, like you said, you know, 
Alex and play this music or yeah. whatever. What's the song? Turn off the lights. Is Alexa? The question. Yeah. <laughs> Google is right. theory. But then you look at something like Alexa and you say, okay, well, they have a direct path to commerce with Amazon, yes. right? So you could say, order me paper towel or this or that. Exactly. I'm not going to tell so, Google that. So they do have that piece, which is interesting to me. And then, yeah, I guess the other piece would just be from a product development perspective, because you want people to use your platform. Like you said, if, if you want people to buy Alexa and you ask Alexa a question and because of that data accuracy, if that's not there because they're using Bing, is that going to force Microsoft, whatever, right. to improve their search engine so that for, specifically for search so that, you know, it's you, you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like so that then they will use that because I otherwise think- they're just going to switch it over. If they lose sales because people don't like the search engine, it gives you bad answers. I mean, it's I, just not going to be a good experience. And I think they made a some kind of a voice search alliance to work together on the AI part. So right. everybody's, you know, kind of sharing that recording of people's information yep. so that they can actually understand better. Google's been top notch. So is Apple. I don't use Alexa as much, but I just know that they practically give those devices for free. Yeah. Because they want the information. Want the I don't think they care about the right. product. For now. Yeah. For now. So, yeah, so that's that is an interesting piece to me. I mean, so many people are searching. It's just also so it's so new that it's it's untrackable. There's not a lot of analytics, you know, that are provided to the average marketer around what's happening. So I think the in terms of you know wrapping this section up is is that prediction accurate? I would say no. It's definitely not. I think priorities have shifted for a lot of brands over 2020, yeah. and I would say voice search is not at the top. But um, guess what? If you're doing schema markups and doing all that, yeah. it automatically becomes right. I, I think it's all part of it. I think SEO is becoming less siloed and less granular on those ideas where it used to be, you know, you got to do these 100 things just to optimize for this one type of search, right? I think that's less and less important. It's more about everything. Like everything is about your user experience on your website and how that data is organized. And, you know, Google and Siri and all these platforms are going to do the best to display that data in whatever way it can be, right? Yeah. You don't have to like, okay, I'm, I need to optimize for the featured snippet or I need to optimize for this. Like it's all a part of like everything on your website needs to be optimized. that optimized. Yeah, exactly. So voice is going to be that next thing as well. Okay. So next prediction, don't have any stats to support this, but the other prediction I mentioned was that brands will start to employ chief evangelist officers. Have you seen this trend? There was another prediction that you also made that was similar in terms of the idea that personal branding was going to be that next wave of of marketing. Yeah, I mean, I people definitely believe that for sure. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, to me, as as you said, it has to be really. I mean, everybody's googling everything. Everybody's working on. I'm sure during this time, everybody picks up their LinkedIn profile if they never exactly, had one yeah. before. You know, millions of people are out of jobs at this. I mean, like. I wouldn't hire a candidate if they don't have a LinkedIn profile. And that's the thing. And so I think, and I haven't personally been searching for jobs, so I don't know yeah. if there's a chief evangelist officer. But I'm I've sh- seen I'm, it. But I think that it it actually is probably less of that and more of your prediction that everyone is creating their yeah. own personal brand because I mean, what we're doing right now, we're everyone's creating videos, we're doing podcasts. Everyone's Every, got like a you said, YouTube you channel. You post on social media, you post on LinkedIn. That actually, and there's a lot of stats behind this, like having your employees, for example, post on their personal LinkedIn versus the company page has the 10 times effect because obviously you have more employees, but also it's, 
you know, hey, I know Solomon or I know John. I went to college with John and I see him post this. It's much different than if I just see a corporate page post yep. something. So I think that trend has happened. So I would say to some extent that's accurate. And I think it's going to continue. So next prediction was about Google again. And my prediction was actually, I called it Google Commerce, but essentially uh, Google was going to allow checkouts directly on the website. I haven't seen this yet, but I think this is coming again all about providing a better user experience. It's all about data, like you said, data and attention. So the longer that you can just stay on Google, I think that's going to happen. I think people are going to upload their product list and their feed directly to Google, similar as they do today. And I think that might be their next shot at Amazon, essentially, is, hey, if we can sell this directly, if we can fulfill this, or we can have fulfillment centers or some sort of partnership with, with someone like Amazon, I think that will be the next push. Actually, Google did not do that, but Instagram does have some sort of a checkout feature, which, so I was maybe wrong by the wrong platform, but. But in Google shopping, if you, and I've bought stuff from Best Buy, but I checked that on Google. I think you can, yeah. Some sites, it's not. uh, But it was a Best Buy product. It was a Best Buy, right. Like you or I couldn't just go and sell on Google like we could on Amazon, but I think it's right there. Yeah. So can they open it up to more stores? Why not? But the order was processed by Google. The customer service is owned by Google. Maybe they're testing it on a small scale. But you're absolutely right. Again, maybe we're over predicting like how yeah. fast things are happening. And maybe we should have set a ten or prediction for the next <laughs> 10 years. Uh, so it is, I'm seeing, I think we stare at Google search results too long yeah. a day that we see things and we know what where they're headed. Yeah. Kind of like I can see like where Apple is headed, just look at the latest product. If they're getting rid of something, it's coming out, man. If every yeah. one of them is going to go away, yeah. right? Like we can tell because we stare at it too long, in my opinion. And I think that's exactly why we make these predictions because we know where it's going to go. Yeah, There's not another way. So I think it's going to happen. Yeah. It's still going to happen. Okay. So we're all locked in still on these yes. predictions. My final prediction that we have here was I predicted that in the year 2020, Facebook was going to bring back their third-party data and, you know, integrators have not officially done that. I still think that they are doing something like that. I believe they're listening to our conversations, but we have no proof of that. So I guess I was wrong on that one. It's all good. All good. Are you ready for 2021? Uh, well, we have a couple of predictions oh. that you, oh, that okay. you did. Yeah, <laughs> no, absolutely. No. <laughs> um, I don't know what I said. So yeah, this would be fun. So your first prediction was that you said Facebook ads cost per click was going to increase I believe so. Uh, There's no doubt. I mean, did? this was an election year too, so everything was off. I'll just yeah. be honest. Yeah. So, so I don't think anybody. So I actually, um, when we did the research, we eliminated the peak election months yes. because it was completely yeah. skewed. Uh, but yeah, if you're running Facebook ads this year, and this was their first year, you know, or if September, October, November was your first three months of running ads, I would say hold on, expect those yeah. costs to go down. This year also was unprecedented for a lot of different reasons. There was a couple of Facebook boycotts where yeah. companies, you know, attempted to take Stop down the, the giant by stop advertising there. Obviously, a lot of companies lost revenue due to COVID. COVID ad spend sometimes went down. I think overall actually ad spend increased because there was more of a focus on digital. People, brands need a way to get in front of consumers. So it was interesting looking at the stats, but this one that can actually confirm you were correct that the Facebook cost per click actually did increase. Cost per click is just one of the metrics that you can bid on in terms of how you're going to get traffic from Facebook. Across the board, they all increase actually, CPM, all the different models. So I want to look at a couple of stats. 
it was actually difficult to the exact number cost per click because it's broken down by industry as well as by category or kind of bid type. So for example, there's even just on, let's say cost per click, right? So there's all the different industries, but even if we look at an average, the different types of ads. So now Facebook has traffic ads, lead gen ads, app install, conversion-based ads, right? So all these different types of ads all have different average cost per click. But in general, for the purpose of this conversation, in 2019, the average cost per click was about 80 cents per click. Food and drink was actually the cheapest category, was 42 cents a click. So just if you're a restaurant or a bar or right. something like those lines, Facebook is a great place for you to, to spend your ad dollars. Finance was uh, unsurprisingly the most expensive, was $3.90 per click. So almost $4 per click, which obviously is 10 times right. the amount of a bar or restaurant, which is pretty interesting. It was actually very seasonal and it was seasonal this year as well, but about the exact opposite, which was kind of strange. So there wasn't a lot of trends in there, but March was the cheapest cost per click overall was 72 cents. So we look at the average from last year as a whole is 80 cents cost per click. The average in 2020, 91 cents. So it was a pretty big increase in terms of that average. Across all the categories, it did increase. Two categories increased by the most, traffic and conversion campaigns. So traffic campaigns, which were a big proponent of sending traffic because it was relatively the cheapest category, actually increased by 36%. Wow. which is crazy. So if you're looking at your, you know, we're talking about pennies per click, right? But if you're talking about a 10,000, 20,000, some brands, hundreds of thousands of dollars per month, 36% increase just in the click cost is going to completely destroy your, your, you know, right. campaigns, right? Because if you're talking about what's your cost per lead, cost per conversion, cost per acquisition, whatever your margins are, most people don't have 36% built in there, right? So could really be hurting if uh, you were relying on that as your main source of traffic or main source of leads. Conversion campaigns, which would be sending someone to like a landing page and trying to get them to convert, whether they're purchasing or whether they're converting on a form, that cost on average increase about 8%. So again, I would say your prediction was 100% accurate. The reasoning behind why it increased though, I think as we discussed, there's a lot of different reasons. So hard to say, pinpoint exactly what would happen. So I guess now the question is, is your prediction for 2021 is going to continue to increase? Yeah, definitely. I don't think it's going to go down. It's the same thing that happened in Google. It's time for us to look at a third platform at this point. Sure. But again, TikTok ads. Yeah, I'm just <laughs> saying that it's there's no way that it's going to reverse because of the demand, right? The demand. If you're taking money away from traditional media and newspaper and TV and putting it into Facebook, how is it going to go down? Yeah. I don't see a way to go down. Right. Yeah, I think I agree with you. And, and the other big factor that we haven't talked about, and if we say, hey, one of the reasons that it increased is because of the election and how much money was poured in there, it was a lot, but it wasn't as much as when these big corporations start pouring money in there, right? Yeah. I think you don't really see a lot of, you know, big, you know, you don't see Coca-Cola and, you know, Kellogg's and you don't see those ads on social media quite yet. They're just starting to figure it out, right? Yeah. So when those budgets start coming in, forget about it. I mean, you know, we talk about 42 cents a For click. Them, like you're not going to see that yeah, that's, three years from now, five years from it's now. It's going to happen, yeah. in my opinion. So I don't know what the next platform is, Taylor, but let's predict that sooner than later. <laughs> we got to build it. Yeah, I don't know. So your next prediction, which um, is a prediction of a prediction, because you said that companies were going to spend more on predictive analytics. Um, so what do you, you think you were right or wrong? Uh, and this year, people spent more money, companies spent more money on predictive analytics. Well, 
if they're buying any software, marketing, SaaS, analytics software, behind it has already got predictive analytics. Uh-huh. So right. I don't think people understand how sophisticated like their own Google Analytics are. Right. So you don't have to spend money, but the thing is really happening behind the scene. Yeah. So th- this is an interesting category for me because I actually think it might not be next year, but I think you're going to see a spike in the, when because we, we talk about spending more, right? I think the cost is going to go up. People are going to pay big money for big data, predictive sure. analytics. And then because of big data, because of AI, because of everything we're talking about, I think the cost is going to go down because there's going to be so many tools, basic tools that we see now that are now advanced, right? Five years from now, you would have paid extra for that. I mean, it's like, think about computer processing power and those kind of things. I mean, what you paid for a personal computer when it first came out and what you pay for a smartphone today is like not even a comparison in the price and the what you're actually getting for it. I think the same thing can happen with predictive analytics. It's going to be so commonly understood and known and the you know, AI, right, is going to be the main driver behind it is going to be a lot cheaper. But to back up your prediction, you were correct. And actually, we're looking at like a three, four year trend here. I guess actually six year trend. Global big data and business analytics market was about $168 billion in 2018. It's on pace to be $274 billion by 2022. So we're talking about 160, 170 billion to 270 billion. So another hundred billion dollars over the course of five years. I think the bigger the organization, they'll have no choice because yep. if they can save one percent on something, that's big money. Yep. It would be a positive ROI for them. Yep. I agree. And when you look at that and actually that number, like you said, large organization might look at the Fortune 500. You talk about the industry being a 300 billion dollar industry, like you said. If we're talking about one percent, ten percent, you know, Savings. it's it's nothing spread across those type of companies. So it might even grow more than that, right? So, but yeah, I think big companies are going to spend the money and drive the cost down for everybody else. All right. So your final prediction was about what we're doing right now is about podcasting. So uh, it's going to blow up your prediction. You said explode. Yes. Did it? Explode? So you're still you're still using the same uh, terminology there from your prediction, but you said podcast will explode. So what do you think? I have Did no it idea. Explode? Did you look it up? I looked it up. <laughs> All yeah. right. What do we got? All right. So 2018, there were 550,000 podcasts. 2019, 750,000 podcasts. Today, there's 1.5 million podcasts. See? Dude, it exploded. It, it exploded. Yeah, it Jesus. did explode. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I mean, that's crazy when, you know, we talk about, you know, it was a pretty steady increase from 2018 to 2019. It doubled in 2019, 2020. As of October of 2020, there was 34 million episodes that you could choose from to listen to. On, and it's uh, also on the first page of Google results. So yeah, yeah, there's clearly something to be said there. Yeah, yeah. voice content. So obviously, I cherry picked all the good, uh, thank you, <laughs> good ones that, that awesome. we, we chose. Uh, this is an some, episode by itself. Do you some... sure you want to put the prediction here? Or you want to make another episode? <laughs> no, I think let's dive into some of our our new all predictions. Right. So you start. What we'll do now is the end of next year. Uh, the end of 2021, we'll come back and listen to these yep. and see if we were, we were accurate and see if there's any data to support it. So we did not do any full disclosure. We did not do any research for these predictions, yes. just as we did not last year. We didn't. They were uh, they were our predictions based on what we thought and what we've seen in trends. So do you want me to start or do you want to start you with start. your predictions? You start because yeah. you know, my predictions are going to be based on your predictions. All right. <laughs> I predict that uh, we will be having this conversation yeah. next year. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, thanks for listening. Solomon here. 
Are you frustrated because you're not getting enough inbound leads? You're worried that the leads that you're getting are not qualified? Or maybe you're disappointed in the conversion rate from the leads to customers, right? It's really, really low. Well, I got good news for you. I talk to business owners every single day. You're not alone, right? Businesses go through this when there is a lack of strategy sometimes. Uh, maybe the approach isn't appropriate for your situation, or sometimes you got all of those things right, but it was just poor execution. I'll tell you what, head over to oneims.com and fill out one of our forms. Talk to one of our consultants. That's all we do. We talk to business owners day in and day out. Share with us your challenges and see if we're a fit, right? See if we can find you a solution to your growing pains. You know, our hope here at OneIMS, and especially with this podcast, is to give you the tools, the technology, the ideas, the strategies, everything we possibly can for you to succeed. All right. So thank you for listening. And let's get back to our topic for the day. So I think maybe some easy ones. I still firmly believe in a lot of the predictions that I made last year. Maybe they didn't all come completely I think true. We're or, right I don't know that they're going to be ever, you know, it's never going to be finished, right? We're never sure. going to know. It's always going to, people are always going to spend more on big data or all these kind of things we talked about. But I think as marketers, we have to look at this year was such an unpredictable year. How do we actually do something next year that we can predict? And so I think you're going to see money spent more on things that, people believe they can control. So I think there's going to be less in terms of across all the marketing departments, you know, less spending on events uh, for one, because even if things start to open up, I think a lot of companies lost a lot of revenue, even if they could get the money back for whatever event, the opportunity costs of, you know, we didn't know marketing this whole year, right? I mean, we have clients that make all of their money on events and they've been hurt a lot. Yeah. We also have clients that, even though their work, work work with us from a digital perspective, 60, 70, 80% of their marketing is historically been on events because it's, it drives clients for them. So if you're you know B2B organization and you do five trade shows a year and you get five clients from each of those trade shows, all of a sudden there's 25 clients you did not get this year. So it's not just, hey, we saved money from, you know, marketing isn't always save money. It's we lost those clients because right. we didn't go to events. So I think you're going to see a shift in that spending and people are going to spend less money on events because of the unpredictability and the fact that if it doesn't happen, it's not just, oh, we'll get our money back. It's we lost that opportunity to get some new clients. I agree com completely. All right. You got it. You want to go back and forth? Oh, or you want me to do all my predictions? I think you should once? do yours because I'm right. still making my predictions in my head. <laughs> all, right. all right. So my, uh, my next prediction is that Companies, again, along the same lines, companies are going to focus on what I would call a local first marketing strategy. So I think because there's less emphasis or less ability to travel and move around, companies are going to go back to trying to build a local presence, whether that's in their city, like if it's you know, a Chicago-based company, they're just focusing on Chicago market or in a smaller market, then they do more of a regional approach. But I think there's going to be more of a focus on local marketing strategies. The next prediction is that again, kind of coinciding with less spend on or less spend on physical events. Sorry, there's going to be an increased spend on digital. I think we've seen this trend happen. You know, we just talked about podcasts, right? 2018, 19, 20, the explosion of something a platform like that. I think it's going to happen even bigger this year in terms of that growth. I think the big corporations, like I mentioned, are going to start spending more money on digital. It's going to drive costs up for everybody else. And I think people are going to have to figure out ways to be creative 
but there's more platforms than ever more people are online than ever i mean people are literally sitting at home at their desk all day there's no right. commutes to work there's no billboards right all those kind of things i think money is going to flow into digital channels like we've never seen it before so that's my prediction we'll, we'll look at it next year and see if we were right and my final prediction is video we talk about video all the time but i think brands companies individuals all across the board are going to double down on video because of covid we're more accustomed to video. People are more comfortable being on camera, you know, even sitting at their, you know, dining room table, having Zoom calls eight hours a day, I think is broken down that barrier that people had or that fear that people had before. People are starting to buy equipment, microphones, you know, ring lights, whatever that is for their house. So I think there's no excuse now to not make video. And I think marketing departments are going to capitalize on that because marketing departments have already been making videos, but to get a subject matter expert or to get a senior leader within your organization on camera, sit them down to get them to project some of their information or get some of their information out there has been difficult. And I think we're going to see that trend change and go away where now everyone is in on digital. And I think brands are going to double down on video because it's really the only way to connect with people nowadays. Wow. No, I agree because I wish you can tell me how many videos are being uploaded to YouTube every minute, you know, 2019 versus 2020. Mm -hmm just to see what it's going to be 2021. Yeah, we'll have to look at that. Yeah, I, I don't see that going down. And YouTube is more and more popular in search. I mean, what is it that you cannot learn on YouTube? I don't know. Yeah, um, YouTube University, maybe that's the next yeah, prediction. Yeah, I'm serious. It, right? I, I really so, agree. I mean, that's even when I went to college, that it was easier for me to go to YouTube and figure something out than to find that mm -hmm. chapter in the textbook. And, and, right. and by the time you look at your textbook, it's already out of date. I've bought things based on YouTube yeah. during this three months that we've been living yeah. crazy together. Yeah. So great predictions. I'm glad we're making less predictions this year than next year. Yeah. Well, now we <laughs> so got to be right be on like with one. all of them because uh, we got, one prediction. last year we just shotgun approach and something's going to come true. I can't believe we came up with 20. So here we go. I have a couple little predictions. These are big predictions, but you know, I really believe that first and foremost, the thing that you just mentioned, I think you're kind of similar, like the predictive analytics at the enterprise level companies, because mm -hmm. they can afford it because they have high ticket, you know, they can afford a million dollar software. Right. But I think it's coming down to SMBs, that technology, the availability of it. Yep. So what used to be only available for companies that had a hundred thousand, you know, a year to spend on Google analytics, it's going to be available for a $650 product. Mm -hmm that an SMB can afford. Right. So I believe that SMB is going to invest more into data. Yep. Data could be predictive analytics, data could be their own CRM, the data could be anything, order systems, automation. Mm -hmm. I believe that is coming down because one, they were at a disadvantage because they had you know, different systems that don't talk to each other. I mean, people couldn't get the crap together. The email marketing was in one software, the CRM is another, doesn't talk to each other. They were at a disadvantage. Mm -hmm. But I think because more systems are in every niche, by the way, it doesn't matter. You have lawyers, they got their lawyer CRM that's all in right. one. Your you know, doctor CRM or mm -hmm. whatever. There's all these companies that are building custom systems. And you're going to see littlest companies doing SMS marketing, like yeah. drip campaigns and stuff like that. And you'd be surprised that, you know, they may not bust Fortably. out a, okay. yeah, they may not bust out an iPad when you come to the your home or whatever, but they'll have some pretty high tech things because of the fact that there's all this custom made. And if you're a professional services company, maybe you've never updated your tech, you're probably going to see it more and more because if you want to stay in business, this is going to be a thing. Sure. 
I agree. Yeah, I, I think I, like kind of like I said before, I think more will be spent on predictive analytics, which I think overall is going to drive that cost down. And what you just mentioned is exactly what would happen. It'd then. be cheap for somebody it's to buy. It becomes affordable for a small business, you know. Correct. And so that even the guys that are selling to the enterprise will make a little, you know, cheap version of it and you know be able to do it because mm-hmm. they're losing out on that, right? So we don't know who it is, right. but I do believe though that this is definitely going to be something that we're going to see. Right. My second thing was how we just talked about all these little home and automation and devices. AI is no joke, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So, And the reason is, like I said, we spend too much time in front of all of these tech and we know where it's headed. I'm saying it's going to be more prevalent. It's already prevalent in our inboxes. Siri reads you everything. I mean, you have so much automation yeah. going on today. Google already knows who you're replying to email and puts, hey, Taylor, in my thing. I don't type half of my stuff anymore because Google's, their goal was to make AI in every product. Right. You get in your car and it tells you how long it's going to take to get home. Everything. Before you even get out of the house, it tells you how long it's going to take to go to the office. So I think we're going to start seeing that even in marketing. Everything that we do is going to be around that. But I don't know what exactly that means in, in 12 months. But I do know for sure that we're going to be shocked at what change we're seeing and how much it can take over our life. Yeah. So I don't think it's a small thing, but I do really believe, though, that everything that we do will have some elements of artificial intelligence predicting, like you said, the weather, the hurricane, this, that, everything else in between because of the fact that they have too much information and what do you think uh, that, how do you think that translates to, uh, you know, a, a mid-market to, you know, small business marketing department? Like, how does that impact a, know? A, a marketer's job? Fantastic. So today in Google, we have smart campaign. You have in Facebook, dynamic campaign, it automatically optimized for conversions. Yep. We're far better than a human being pushing buttons, trying to figure out the thing. You let the automation run for it. That means that today we, the sophisticated marketers, have a couple of extra buttons to push and let, let mm-hmm. automation run. Now, what about the SMB owner who's doing their own Facebook ads? Push one button. They're going to have way better results than they ever did on their own. Right. That is what I mean by trickling down all the way to the person who has no idea how to do digital marketing. Right. By the way, Facebook and Google is more interested in them than they are with us. Yeah. Because the billions of dollars are everybody's $100 a month and $200 a month. You know, Google used to send direct mail to give you a hundred bucks to get in, but you don't even know how much is gone. Right. It was not <laughs> like agencies are the reason they are in business. Yeah. It's not. Yeah, I know that. Even though we're an agency, it's the millions of business owner who goes into Facebook and decides to boost a post and puts their credit card and forgets. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, I think we saw a taste of that with the Google. What do they call that? The local? The no. The uh... It was just, I mean, it was automated, right? You couldn't yeah. control anything. It was a smart campaign, Google, whatever. But it was like yeah. basic version Google of Google Ads. Google Ads Express. Express. Google Ads <laughs> Express, uh, which I don't right. even know if that exists anymore, but that was the first version yeah, of that. Of I complete think automation. Yeah. yeah. So I believe that there is going to be a magic automated button, which yeah. literally can write your ad copy too at this point. But that is not going to be a small thing, you know, in my opinion. So like you said, all of these big tech companies have this high-tech predictive stuff that's going to literally take, yeah. you know. Um, will our jobs, like I really say this in the webinars I do, yeah. it hasn't gone to a place where marketers not longer needed. Like we still need to go and create ad copies and landing pages. Yeah, and, and stuff. I don't think it will. I think it will actually probably be the opposite because I think uh, people are going to have 
brands, companies, everyone, especially the early adapters, they see that shiny new object, shiny new software, and then they build their marketing plan strategy around the software rather than around the methodology or rather than right. around an idea or rather than around what your brand is actually about. It's like, what can we, what is it, what does this tool allow us to do? What can we track? And if we can't track it and a tool doesn't do it, then it doesn't, you know, right. there's no common sense, it. right? So I think there's more, you know, more than ever, there needs to be a common sense marketer to say, okay, yeah, I get that you can't track this. I can't, you can't do that. But like a customer standing right over here and we could just go talk to them. Like, right. why do we need all these tools? Right. So I think leveraging it the right way is going to be powerful to automate, like you said, a lot of tasks, budget pacing, all those kind of things that like you're spending time on that you shouldn't have to spend time on. And I think it's going to allow a lot of opportunities for really small businesses. As you mentioned, the owner operator that wants, and do it wants to themselves. run their own Facebook ads. It doesn't make sense to pay somebody professionally to manage them because you're spending more on the management than you are on the ad spend. Right. I think that is going to be great. I think for marketing professionals, there's going to be a higher demand for people who can think outside the box and uh, make because use of, the cost of these per tools. Click is going up, right. so somebody's got to figure out how to cut the cost. Right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Make use of these tools and leverage them in in smart ways and intelligent ways. Because computers, the AI, I mean, it can do a yeah. lot, but it's going to have its limitations too. I still think we're all as human beings underestimating what AI can do, and that's yeah. what I'm scared of. To be honest, it's like I'm worried because yeah. you know, at the end of the day, you know, at this point, it's like there's a lot of it. They made a lot of movies robots. about the robots <laughs> taking over the world. So, so, so here's What's my third one. Prediction here's for my 2021. Third. Exactly. And I feel like we're going to be like used to these things that it's going to be like so common to us. We don't think anymore. Yeah. I mean, my phone tells me who to text when I open it up. I'm serious. Like mm -hmm. text this person. I'm like, how do you know? <laughs> I don't know anymore. It's crazy. So here's my next one. Because of the data, we as marketers and companies in general, we no longer the pricing of how we do things is going to start changing because I believe the world is headed to more of pay for, I call it paper action. Mm. Again, e-commerce marketing companies will be like, hey, we want a percentage of your thing because we can tell what's going to happen because we have systems in place and we can tell, like you said, you and I do keyword research, what's going to be the demand for something. And that means there's less risk for someone to invest because there's a lot better information available to see what's about to happen. So I feel like the pricing structures of professional services companies, there's going to be some kind of disruption because there's a lot of this stuff can be based on paid on a performance basis. Mm. So I'm not saying this is like everybody, you know, your CPA is not going to charge you something different, but I really feel like, again, mm. it's just the way we look at the world is going to be different. Got it. I just really feel like there's going to be some Got it. So you're saying Stop. you think that the predictive analytics is going to lead us to a point where we can confidently say, you know, like, I mean, other business models have done this in the past because of the same ideas like, you know, hey, we're a CPA, I do, you know, a thousand people's taxes or 10,000 people's taxes and 99% of them, we save the money. And so I take a percentage of the money to save right. or whatever. Right. So then that's your whole business model. So you're saying you think that's going to trickle down into other industries like a marketing agency or somebody who you can pay on a performance basis. Maybe it's a hybrid, but yeah. at, at the end of the day is that we can put in a certain amount of, you know, you know, yeah. ad spend and expect a certain result because of the fact that, again, there's a lot of automation. It's no longer us, man. It's yeah. not, that's what I'm saying. It's not like because of that, it has to be beneficial to the business owner somehow. So I'm just saying that there's going to be more of that. And first of all, 
Again, if you're a very high-tech company, you could do that. Yeah. If you're a very low-tech company, you can't because you have no idea what's going to happen. So yeah. everybody's going to want to move towards the edge. Like you said, yeah. the edge, the edge. What does that mean? Well, I know it's going to be beneficial to somebody at the end, and you'll definitely be the guy who's the marketing guy or the, the company that's doing whatever it is, right? Whatever that's the service that they're sure. hiring somebody for, it's going to be based on something. Mm -hmm. And I know we don't see that as much today. It will definitely be more and more because of the fact that you're niching down. Yeah. You know exactly what to, you have a system, you have a predictable system. So technically, why not make it more risk averse and risk free? Sure. Yeah, I think um, I can certainly see that there'll be a trend in that direction of professionals offering their services on like a paper performance. I think I don't see that trend continuing or being sustainable. And I think the indicator would be a Google or a Facebook, right? I mean, they're maybe they will charge. They're not charging per sale, right? Because they right. know there's so many other variables and they, and more importantly, they know that you'll you'll pay for the exposure either way. Regardless. That's why so, I said pay for action. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can see that. I mean, Facebook has a similar bidding model that is already available. So, I mean, it would be a game changer if they had the data, they had the analytics to actually say you'll pay per lead or whatever, because they do have the lead ads ability. And so if they could, if you could go in as, as an attorney, your personal right. Injury attorney, right. And say, Hey, it's cost me a hundred dollars a click on Google. I'll pay $100 per lead or $200 per lead on Facebook. And if Facebook could deliver that because of their be. analytics, I would see that being more of an indicator or Probably. something that would happen faster than you know a marketing professional being able to do that sustainably. But and yeah. I'm seeing that more and more. And yeah. I'm like, okay, well, there's a possibility that yeah. the industry is going to well, start. Marketers are, yeah, marketers are starting to realize that you are optimizing for that action, right? Correct. You're optimizing for cost per you know, cost per customer lead. acquisition, right? You're trying to drive revenue. You're not trying to drive traffic and leads because leads, I mean, you can go buy leads, you buy a list of leads and cold email them probably for cheaper than if you just optimize for you know, right. ebook downloads and then call all those people. And like, what's the difference? It's going to be more expensive and pay $10 a lead on right. Facebook. And these people still don't know who you are versus go to Zoom Info and get them for 10 cents a record, right? Whatever that is, it's like, I think I do agree with that fact of, these platforms and tools and technologies are going to focus more on that cost per action because that is what marketers are starting to realize. They're, that's they the KPI. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So because of that, and they want their numbers, right? At the end of the day. So everything's got to be towards that. To me, it's going to, but I'm not saying it's like overnight. Sure. At the end of the day, none of us know. We'll know in 12 months. My last one is because, like you said, the travel, mm -hmm. the events are down. We're shopping from home. Everything is happening on a mobile device. And you know that we're buying more things e-commerce than any other way. We're not even going to Best Buy anymore. Yep. So everything that we, you and I see, especially on things like a mom and pop shop on a Shopify, where you're going to start seeing that every single product, you can see it in your table, the AR and the BR. iPhone's got too much technology, in my opinion. You can literally render any product on any surface yeah. in a second. While that's only available, again, if you're buying a treadmill from Peloton or you're buying a phone from iPhone, but it is coming to a point where every small business Shopify or e-commerce owner mm -hmm. can take all of their products, render it, and we're going to think that that's what we need before we purchase. Yep. And if you don't have that, it puts them at a disadvantage again because you're going to go buy the case from a person that has that. Yeah. You might see that on the entire website of Amazon Yeah. because they have the product, they got the tech Right. And you can see your little thing that you're trying to buy on your table in like 10 seconds, see what it's going to look like. 
it's a game changer for e-commerce yeah. and there's no need for you and I to go to a brick and mortar store and then do any of this. Yeah. I feel like that yeah. is happening at scale in front of us. The big brands are all getting into it and there are technology that can do million products at scale again. So if you can take that same technology, bring it to the Shopify guy with the 25 products, even if you're selling a pill bottle, you could see it in your desk yeah. or table. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I don't know exactly how it's going to go into the you know B2B world, B2B marketing world, but it's hard to ignore what's happened on the consumer level from an AR, VR perspective, just in terms of the technology. Now it's starting to be implemented into the marketing you mentioned, even just the simple like, you know, you can buy furniture. I mean, you can yeah. put, you can design your whole room. So I'm saying big sites like. yeah. have it and you it's already get used with, to that. Yeah. If you ever bought sunglasses or glasses online, you could try them on in face. You know what I mean? It's like a whole thing. So I think B2B, right? I mean, you look at the sales process, it's already become virtual because we're doing Zoom calls for everything, right? And so I think if you're a marketer in the B2B space, this is 100% dependent on what you're selling or what you're marketing and who you're marketing it to. But I think there is an opportunity there for you to take advantage of our level of comfort with doing things virtually. We've attended a couple of virtual events, marketing events yeah, this year. Total conference. Um, so I, I could see that being the next move as well. And I actually kind of hope it doesn't happen too much because I kind of like going to events and meeting people and shaking their hands. But the way that everything is right now where it's not so safe, I think companies have adapted really well in a short amount of time. Yep. And I think given 12 more months to do that, I think you're right that um, next it's gonna year you're going to see even, the more thing. of a focus on virtual. Yeah. And that's everything that we buy. Yep. Imagine you went to Google Shopping. You can see a product you like, instant press a button, immediately see that product yep. in your shelf or desk, whatever it is. Google has that built into Google search results yep. today. So you can click a button and all of a sudden you can see an elephant in your living room. Yep. So why not turn it into the product? You know what right. I'm saying? So I just don't know where the end is. But other than to say that it's happening at scale, so it is going to be available to the smallest of you know yeah. e-commerce site because the consumer, like you and I said, who's in charge, expects that. Yeah. I agree. So when they expect something like voice search with twenty nine words, they expect to know, you know, to read the the name. You know, as soon as I type hi, it already finished up my sentence. You're not going to not expect that anymore. Yeah. It's over. If you don't have it, we're going to go back to the things that it does. And these companies are getting faster and faster, quicker. Yeah slicker, you know, yeah. at a pace that none of us can keep up. I just don't know how much acceleration you can expect in 12 months. You might be shocked. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Any other predictions that you have for 2021? That's yeah. all I got. All right. I got one more bonus. Uh, Let's do prediction. a bonus. So I think, you know, we've always known that it's more expensive to acquire a new customer than it is to retain an existing customer, you know, upsell, cross-sell. I think this year, next year, 2021, there's going to be even more of an emphasis on marketing for loyalty and retention. I think we've seen this trend happen. A lot of marketing automation tools, a lot of, you know, everything focused on customer service, customer centric. I think we're going to continue to see that because there's less face-to-face -face time with customers. So you're going to have to invest more into marketing, whether that could be AR, VR type of thing, just in general, continuous education and marketing and building that brand loyalty, as well as the fact that I think it's going to be even harder to acquire a new customer because, you know, businesses don't know what to expect. You know, sometimes a lot of businesses froze, you know, outside expenditures and not bring on new vendors, new partners. So when you talk about the B2B world, it's like, if you can't 
acquire new customers, like how do we increase our wallet size or how do we make sure that uh, we don't lose any customers? So I, I think there's going to be a trend in the marketing world, in B2B digital marketing with a higher focus on that loyalty and retention marketing. Definitely. And like you said, when you have more and more higher tech tools coming to a lower budget, it'll automatically mm-hmm. be a focus because part of the tech is to enter your customer data and all right. of a sudden it'll be like right. recommendations. This is what you should do. Sure. Sure. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, these are great predictions. I, I want these to go live. I, yeah. mean, I, I yeah. mean, I'm like, Those, these would all be good things. I think for everyone, yeah. you know, we live and breathe, you know, digital yeah. marketing. So these kind of things, you know, these are predictions, but these are, I guess, hopes and dreams for us. Reality. Yeah, man. Exactly. And I can't wait for the day where, you know, you're, you just, already know what yep. to do right it's only going to progress us human beings in my opinion yeah into a whole nother level and again without all of these high tech and ai and big data and things like that would have probably never happened right and that's accelerating faster than anybody's even ain't seeing right sure. so so yeah i'm uh, i'm pumped for 2021 all right. So all you have to do is wait uh, 12 months and then tune in <laughs> to see our recap. If you only episode, listen to yeah. one episode yeah. a year, this yeah, is the that's one. That's it. If you want to listen to one episode a year, we'll just take you through the whole year. And then next year, so we're looking at November, December of 2021, right. you can listen to our predictions for 2022 and uh, see it. if we're, we're really accurate. Close. But yeah, I look, look forward to re-listening to this in a year and see if any of our predictions came true. I love it. Well, thank you guys. As, as usual, if you need to get in touch with us it's oneims.com slash podcast we'd love questions we'll do an episode right. on it we got a lot of questions didn't send we? us your predictions yeah if you're listening like to this and we miss something or you think any of our stats are inaccurate or you you have some additional predictions send those in um and yeah if you enjoyed the episode like it subscribe share it with a friend and uh tune into the next episode all right we'll see you next time All right, so if you enjoyed this episode, here are five things that you can do to help us. Number one, make sure you click that subscribe button so you never miss another show. Number two, share this with a friend that you know needed to hear this. And three, leave us a comment. We love hearing your thoughts, your ideas, things that you've learned so others can learn from you. And four, if you have a topic that you'd like us to cover, let us know so we can put that in our notes and share our insight All right, for our next episode or the one after that. And finally, you guys, join other growth marketers. Head over to oneims.com and check out all the resources that we have made just for you. I'm talking guides, webinars, blogs, videos, anything that can help you become a growth marketer. All right. So thanks a lot for joining us this week on the Growth Marketers Podcast, and I will see you next time. Thank you.